Well, hi there, everybody. Welcome to episode 82 of the Finger Guns Podcast. My name is Roscoe. How are you doing? I'm joined by Mr. Greg Hicks. Good evening, 1-0. How are you, man? Yeah, not too bad. A little bit bummed out about the news, just as much as everyone else is. Mm-hmm. But mine's a personal one. I know I say every week that I've always been training when I come back and record these things. And yeah, it's a bit of a shitter because I like training. And that's all up in the air at the moment. So yeah, a bit of a bad one. But I got tattooed on Friday, so that kind of makes up for it. What's your tattoo? I've got a guitar playing frog on my stomach. Okay. I had, that co- I had that colored in. <laughs> oh, well, that's a very melancholy way to start the podcast. <laughs> it's just because I've just come from training and it's like, yay, but oh. Yeah. Like, yeah, there's, that I think it's like, it's like walking away going, I don't know when I'm going to be back in here next. Yeah, it's like the um, end of uh, <laughs> Incredible Hulk, the walking down the road bit, you know. Yeah. Oh, man. Otherwise, I'm fine. Good. I'm glad. Loving Hades. Loving Hades. Loving oh, Hades. I bloody love Hades. Nice. This is Herbie Anderson. Evening. How are you? I'm alright. I'm I'm gonna I'm not gonna bam it out quite that much. I've um I've got cookies. So my my wife just made cookies uh, out of M and M's. So they're um they've got one of those to munch while we're talking. That's Fantastic. Good. That please makes make the sure. day really. <laughs> please make sure you're on mute when you're munching. Thank I you. will. <laughs> <laughs> As I live and breathe, Mr. Paul Collett. Good evening, gentlemen. Guess who's back? Back again. Kinda. It's been like five weeks, five, five six weeks. episodes, nearly. Yeah. Wow. How you doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of okay, I guess. Lockdown's coming, so that's exciting. But yeah, it's all good. Just uh, I've been super, super busy, um, and so I'm not anymore. So here I am. Hey, have you managed to uh, procure? Your, have you managed to procure yourself a PlayStation Five yet? No, it looks like it's going to be like some kind of Christmas or some kind of late Christmas present, depending uh, what happens. But it's. Mm. Uh, the fund is uh, building up nicely, so it should uh, all be well. It should happen. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Good stuff. And finally, Mr. Sean Davies. Word up, Holmes. How's it going, player? It's great in the hood and stuff. Dope. Yeah. <laughs> ah, be so cool. So yeah. down with the kids. So hip and trendy. What have you, you been? What have you been eating this evening? I've had a bowl of frosted shreddies. What? You're crazy. I know, I know. Off the ch- chain over here in this hizzle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh. We had a, we had a, a Halloween-like party to the kids love going trick-or-treating and we couldn't go trick-or-treating, obviously, because of the big global bastard. So uh, we, we had a little bit of a house party and we had uh, s- sandwiches cut into the shape of spiders and ghosts and pumpkins and stuff. Um, we had a chocolate house, uh, which contained sweets that the kids could smash up. But uh, actually, my wife took a hammer to it because <laughs> the chocolate was so thick the could, kids couldn't get through it. So we ended up going full like Texas Chainsaw Massacre <laughs> on this chocolate house, um, which was even funnier when like the, she pulled the hammer back and like all the kids got sprayed with chocolate sh- like shards. <laughs> she, she fucking went ham on it. It was great. Um, but, yeah. Um, yeah. Let's let's that get locked awesome. down again. <laughs> that does sound awesome, man. Your kids must love your house at Halloween. That sounds great. Uh, it, it was fun. Awesome for sure. Cool. How are you doing? I'm okay. Yeah, I was just at a friend's house this afternoon watching Man United lose, so that kind of sucks. But then I beat him at FIFA, so you know, swings and roundabouts in it. Happy FIFA. days. Uh, FIFA 19 because it was the <laughs> last good one. <laughs> 
Ah, those are the days. Yeah. House Rules, it was great. Nice. Right then, we're going to talk about this week a lot of cyberpunk, a lot of Netflix, Assassin's Creed, and the future of VR. But first, we're going to talk our games of the week. Now, let's try. I I didn't realize this was going to be a full house. So, let's try and keep this brief (laughs) with our game of the week. Mr. Grey Kicks, what is your game of the week? Well, I touched upon it last week when I said Toby and I have been playing the Ghost of Tsushima multiplayer, but that's going to be my other game of the week because the one I put the... Yeah, the one I've put the most hours into this week has been Hades again, because to quote what I said last week, it's fucking amazing. But um, it'd be boring if I did the same week, same game twice. But yeah, Ghost of Tsushima is a free update for anyone that's got the game, and it's really good fun. Now, I'm usually against single-player games having multiplayer. I think it's an unnecessary tacked-on thing at times, like the Dead Rising, uh, sorry, Dead Space 2 multiplayer. Like, that did not need to be there. And there are other examples that I just can't think of right now. But I hate when games do it. But... Last of Us, Uncharted. Yeah, yeah, true. Um, Look at my other games now, like, scan them, scan them, scan them. Ah, that one. Um, But no, uh, this is fun. There's two modes to it. There's the... There's ten story missions, and there's three different difficulties. I think there's... Well, I suppose it'll be Nightmare when we unlock it, so that'll be four. But um, yeah, bronze, gold, silver, sorry, bronze, silver, gold, nightmare. And there's different objectives in each one. I'm not going to like list them all because I don't want to take away the surprise of it. But I said to Toby, I've been having as much fun playing the story missions together as we used to when we used to play Splinter Cell Blacklist together. Like, it's not interlinked to the story. So if you're not that far through, we haven't finished the main story yet. It's not going to spoil anything for you. It's completely like... It's not like a spin-off of the story. It's all to do with like mythical Oni and demons and stuff. So it has nothing to do with the main game. And then there's the um, survival, which is you know, pretty much as, it's, as it sounds, as it is in most games, like horde mode or whatever. There's up to four of you. And you've got, with each difficulty, you've got 15, 20, or 25 waves to defend against. Each map has three different areas. You've got to stop and get an overrun. Um, you can buy perks with the points you earn from killing um, demons. So you can like have gradually replenishing health, spirit bears and dogs, um, enemies ignite when you're near them, that kind of stuff. And you get upgradable gear as well. And it's quite fun swapping out your loadout for, do I want a smoke bomb or a sticky bomb? Do I want cow drops? Do I want a healing gourd? And yeah, it's just really good fun. And for a free multiplayer, it's fine. If it, the thing is though, this is my compulsion to like, not my compulsion. Uh, this is my, oh, what's the word? I might have had a head injury tonight. If it comes with it, like The Last of Us, Dead Space 2, I won't play it. I'm like, why? It doesn't need to. But because it releases a single player and was sold fucking oodles on its own, that they then added this, that makes me go, yeah, all right, I'll give it a go. And yeah, Toby and I played quite a fair bit this week, which is probably why one of his reviews is a bit late because we've been um, putting hours into that. (laughs) Hey, no reviews are late. What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, I'd second all of that, Greg. It's a good game. Cool. So yeah, that's been my my other game of the last fortnight, really. It's just pretty much been Tsushima and Hades. Nice. Not bad for a free update. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, can I give you 20 seconds on control on the Switch? Yeah, sure. Um, I had to go on the free trial of that. I'm not paying 35 quid for a game I've already got on the PS4. But sure. Um, from what I played of it, and obviously I'm playing on a light Switch. Uh, fucking Switch Lite. <laughs> no, that's light Switch. We all know it's light it's, Switch. It's always going to be a light Switch. Um 
yeah, it's, it's pretty good. I've got a pretty good connection at home and it looks pretty decent. So we know I'm not a big advocate of streaming games anyway. I don't like the idea that proprietorship is taken away from you because you're relying on a streaming service. But if that's the only way of playing this game on a Switch, it's not too bad. I think there should be a physical edition as well, but we know about the debacle with controls and their editions anyway. But um, yeah, from what I played, it was only like it wasn't like a, a demo. It was the start of the game. So all I got to do was get the uh, get the gun, and that was pretty much it. Before the trial kind of gave up, but yeah. For a glimpse into the future, it's not too bad. Cool. Very interesting to see what Nintendo do with this streaming service they have. Mr. Toby Anderson, what's your game of the week? Um, I'm going to cheat. So my game of the week isn't really a game as such, um, but as I said on the Slack, I'm sort of choosing something slightly different. So my game of the week is chess. Um, but the reason being is that the Queen's Gambit came out on Netflix um, and completely hit me with an unforeseen checkmate um, it's absolutely fantastic. Possibly the best drama series on Netflix. And Netflix has given us what? Mindhunter, Bojack Horseman, Better Call Saul, Narcos, all sorts of amazing shows. The Queen's Gambit is even better. It certainly sits alongside all of those. Um, and it's solidified Anya Taylor-Joy as an actress that I will watch now in anything if her name is attached to it. And does open my eyes to a board game that so many these days and, and including myself you know in the last couple of generations that are just completely dismissed as old-fashioned it's all about basically a sort of a young chess prodigy called Beth Harmon as she makes her way from playing in an orphanage as a child through dozens of American tournaments and then to challenge the greatest players in in the whole world in Russia and she battles addictions and she battles um, self-destructive personality and a male-dominated world in this game to show that you know a driven woman is an equal of any man and is can be the best in the world and all this kind of stuff and she can beat her addictions so it's a very inspiring sort of you know game sports sort of story but what was really interesting I found about it is that you kind of get taught chess at the same time and it's really really sort of interesting you know you, you sort of see these types of stories when they have like a you know in sports um sports based films um and it's not really something that i usually get all that into because i find them a bit dull but because it was chess i think i got much much more into it um because i could see the strategy parts of it and i could see it as a game instead so you know clearly we're more into games and it was like seeing like the pro gaming circuit these days but in the 1930s and the 1800s and stuff and how that looked and people were obsessed with games then too do you know what i mean um so it's just yeah just a really really interesting thing you know like when nowadays we have in korea like tournaments like starcraft tournaments and such back in the day it was chess it was pvp gaming in tournaments but you're on a board game and it was you know there wasn't single player and there was things like there was tactics and strategy guides and move sets and people named every single opening and studied it to death and it's but it was all that time ago and I just found that kind of inspiring that there was this game that we kind of write off now and it was just it just took over the world during the uh, the 1800s 1900s and was was massive was bigger than probably most games ever could be these days um, and yet you know you see a chess game come up and you're like yeah whatever um, so I think yeah do yourself a favor watch the Queen's Gambit on Netflix you'll probably come out the other end with a new appreciation of an exceptionally old game. I really want to try out some chess games now. Um, personally, I hope that Anya Taylor-Joy goes on to get offered every single part she's ever wanted in anything. Um, she plays that character with an amazing skill that makes other actors look like pretenders while she's a grandmaster, shall we say, of, uh, of, of the role. So um, 
yeah, just really, really fantastic show. And it's gaming related, so that's why I'm going with it. So yeah, total recommendation. It was like a 10 out of 10 fantastic series. Who the hell lets over talk about chess for three minutes? <laughs> there you go. That's my game of the week, chess. Bloody hell. <laughs> no, thank you. No, it does, it does look like a good series. And yeah, Anna Taylor-Joy is awesome. She's great in um, Split as well. Yes, and she did the voice in the Dark Crystal thing. She did the voice of the princess. Oh man, everyone's in the Dark Crystal thing, aren't they? Love yeah. the Dark Crystal. That was so good. Cool. Well, there you go. A Netflix recommendation from us, ladies and gentlemen. Enjoy. Uh, Mr. Paul Collett, what be your game of the week, sir, if you indeed have one? Well, Watch Dogs Legion, um, which I think we've all got, or at least played um, by now. And uh, God, I'm a bit disappointed. I was just, I'm, not feeling, I'm not feeling the love. Watch Dogs 2, as you, as you know, me and Ross loved that game to bits, and it was just absolutely a wonderfully crafted world. Um, and it, it kind of just like, captured the essence of like, how the world was at the time, still is perhaps, all the whole social media, the tech, tech valleys and all that kind of thing. Uh, this one is just like, I don't know, it's just all of a sudden, it's just like a war. And like, the kind of subtle nuances of, of Watch Dogs 2 is kind of like, got lost in this barrage of uh, AR and military kind of police type thing. And, and it's like, and it's really weird because I've been in London. I thought, yeah, bombing around London would be like, awesome, but it ain't that much fun. I don't understand it. I can't put my finger on it. But it's just, it feels like the first Watch Dogs again. The first Watch Dogs, well, I did enjoy it, and I completed it, and it's underrated, I think, but it was a very dark, somber, miserable game, and Ubisoft made the right decision for Watch Dogs 2 to make it more bright, more colourful, more kind of, like, more accessible and friendly. Uh, now it's all gone back to, like, this dark, dark place again. I just, I just it's, it's lost its fun. I don't know. It's, uh, I'm still early in the game. Maybe it gets better. I hope it gets better, but at the moment, I'm, I'm not as excited about it as I thought I would be, and I, I'm, I don't like that. I really wanted to like it. So, I don't know. So, it's a, it's a tricky hmm. one for me. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, and I've sort of discussed it on Slack a, a little bit, but I don't know. It's like, what they've done is great. London does look great. Um, but like the hacking, you don't, you, don't, you don't seem to hack as much anymore. They've lost the, the core function of watchdogs and all that hacking. And now, yes, you can hack stuff, but it's not as, as much or diverse as like the previous game. There's no kind of, well, I won't say anything about it. it. Might spoil things, but you know, it's just—it's just. I don't know. It's just missing something for me, and it feels like a step backwards. But I have my fingers crossed that when I actually start doing some proper missions, while I'm just bombing around London trying to recognise where I work or whatever, uh, I might enjoy it. But you know, till then. Okay. So when you actually out. play the game, you might enjoy it more. Yeah, maybe, possibly. Yeah. <laughs> I've done a couple of missions to be fair, and they didn't really inspire me. So, Mr. Sean Davies, what's your game of the week? Now, I, I didn't want to talk about this game because I thought we would all be like all positive about it. But I'm, I'm going to talk about Watch Dogs Legion because Paul doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Do you maybe get skills like uh, after a few missions, for example. Uh, yeah, as you explore the world, you you end up you know going to these tech. Every mission that you go on, there's normally within that building like tech points you can pick up, which then you can spend on upgrading all your gear and buying new skills and new tech and yeah there there is there is a lot of depth there i'm i'm in love with watch watch dogs legion um because it feels like the fun house mirror that today needed um the, this this like nefarious organization albion that's taken over the the world it is 
they uh, there are a lot of characters in the Albion ranks that are a swashsticker away from looking like the alt right. It is uncanny how some of them have got like a really they've got the haircut, you know, the the shaved back and side thing going on top. It, it's just uncanny, and um, some of the stuff that goes on in the game. They talk about like immigration and stuff, and it, when when. When Ubisoft, when that guy, the, the director, originally came out on stage and said, this is post-Brexit Britain, this was like, yep, you fucking nailed it. Because yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, everyone hates immigrants, um, but they rounded everyone up anyway. They've got like fascists on the street beating people up. And what, what, this, what this actually does, and one of the weird things about Watch Dogs is always, you're kind of a good guy, but actually you're a bad guy. Yeah, because you're like an anti-hero. Uh, because the police mm. are always chasing you, but the, what what they've done here is they've basically made the police force kind of like this um, this thing that's been overruled by Albion. So now, when the police force turn up and they are just these fash Nazi guys, you really don't give a shit about shooting them in the face, which is like it's completely got rid of that dissonance from Watch Dogs Two, where it was like you know they give you these cool weapons to play with hand to hand, and then you're just like gunning people down and machine gunning cars and stuff. Mm. I don't feel it anymore. Like I don't mind shooting Nazis in the face. That's that is one of my prime <laughs> hobbies. Um, <laughs> That's one of my favourite things to do. That's why I love Wolfenstein. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I've, I'm enjoying it. I, I love the way that missions can be completed in like a, a massive number of ways. Just exploring the world is great. I I had a real problem, and I just wanted to know if like either you, Ross, or Paul, had this problem where you you ended up driving on the right side of the street because. Almost every open world game like this, you drive on the right hand side of the oh, road. Yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. And also go to the wrong side of the car to get in it. Yeah, that got me as well. <laughs> which is so weird. So exactly. I, remember, I remember doing that on GTA London. Yeah, that was like the only other time I can remember this. Yeah, yeah, because you go to get in the driver's seat and it's like, oh, shuffling over. You think, oh, balls, yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. And that, that's another thing that's, that's great about Legion is the fact that loads of the cars, they've got this auto drive. So you can basically walk up and just jump into this car and drive it away. And you've, you've, not, you've not carjacked. You've just stolen a car. You yeah. haven't threatened somebody to get out. Yeah. It's just a miraculous, like, all the, all the problems that said people said they had with the narrative of the second one, I think they fixed with this one. They created new problems, which um, I, I just kind of want to kind of lay off a bit until I've played more because I want to see if they address those issues. Because I, I reckon I'm about six, seven hours in now. Um, and I'm having a whale of a time. I I can I can agree with Paul on certain things with um, the darkness of it. It is a dark story when you start getting into the leaders of um, like the Clan Kelly mob and yeah. Albion. I mean, it is it goes places that I was not expecting, and I was like, this is this is dark, man. I'm not sure I'm comfortable with it in the Watchdogs world, which is always so f- like Watchdogs Two was so fun and vibrant that um yeah to kind of peel that back and tell a much darker story was was a bit of a shock but oh yeah i'm really enjoying it the the recreation of london is insanely good it's just a a wonderful kind of dystopian very bleak version of london um the ar is everywhere it's very colorful Uh, you can't miss it especially at night you know when you're sort of going through piccadilly circus it looks fantastic Mm -hmm. and going over tower bridge at night is amazing and it just looks great it's not perfect. It's had it's crashed on me a couple of times. I don't think it's technically 
fantastic. I think it is a step back from Watch Dogs 2 in terms of the amount of hacking you can do. I think uh, you can't... One of my big things, one of my strategies when I played Watch Dogs 2 was to get enemies or police called upon my like people that I was trying to distract. So you could call the police on them and you could get enemies to come and beat them up. Oh, yeah, and you can't do that in Legion. Um, you you can. can't even do a citywide blackout either. I mean, you can me. kind of, but it's not a... It's not an immediate thing, um, and it, it kind of it messed up with my in, initial strategy. Uh, it was yeah. like, oh, okay, I've got I've got to relearn how to play Watch Dogs now. But um, the other thing that, that gets me as well. Sorry, go on, Phil. Go on, Russell. Sorry, it's all right. Um, we need to do like a Watch Dogs podcast because I could talk about this for ages. But <laughs> there's um, yeah, there's the hacking uh, puzzles like the you know rotate things to put the blue wire going around. There's loads of those, and they're always fun. And they get more and more complex as the game goes on. But yeah, it's it is a dark story. Um, I love the fact that the whole recruit anyone thing just fucking works. Like you could literally go up to anyone in London and get them on your side, which is just it's such a cool concept. And they're all different in a way. There are a lot of ones that are very similar, obviously. But it's there's a real element of yeah, you can hire anyone to be on your side. I get, I love that you got to take down like the Shard and the London Eye in order to release the uh, the area, like a Ubisoft kind of thing, you know. You've got to go up these <laughs> great big landmarks in order to to uh, to showcase where, like, tech points are and things like that. And that's that's really cool. So, yeah, I'm having a blast with it so far. I'm about 25, 26 hours in. I don't know how I've done that in three days, but <laughs> it's <laughs> but I'm having a great time with it. And it's just every time I unlock something, something else unlocks for me to do. So... Plenty to be getting on with, and uh, yeah, having a great time with it. Have have either of you developed a favourite character, or are you happy just jumping around? I have my favourite operative. Yeah, she's uh, she's a, a, a retired spy who oh, nice. who can just crawl into anywhere or hide anywhere, and has a silencer on her pistol, and can summon drones. She's awesome. Just an all rounder. I love her. <laughs> I, am I missing something about this game? Because like, oh, probably. I'm running around, and I probably am. No, it sounds a bit like it. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm running around, uh, and then you know you can press the right, one button to scan this person, whatever, and it says what their skills and stuff are. You can press a button, it says join team, whatever. But like, when I press a button, it says in the process of joining. So like, I don't know what happens then. There's a, there's a couple of key characters I think you have to do, which is part of a mission, but. Mm. All the randoms I'm walking up to, like some some old woman, I thought I'd try and recruit her. It says I'll begin recruiting, so I press the button, and nothing happens. It's just like yeah. So you might be so some characters don't like Deadzac, and you have to go and do missions in order to recruit them. So if you go into your team's part, and you can go basically go in, and you have to unlock the deep dive tech, which I think costs 15 tech points. Uh, but when you've done that, you can basically come up, you can pull up like little mini missions which you have to complete in order to recruit that person. So like, oh, okay. I, I recruited a copper outside uh, Scotland Yard, um, and he'd put a bet on uh, like a, a, an illegal fighting ring, which I then had to go and win so that he won his money. And one of his family members was trapped in like a long waiting list at the hospital. So then I had to go and infiltrate the hospital and bring his relative to the front of the queue so that they could have surgery. Oh, that's so cool. That, that's so cool. Yeah. What a cool thing to do. I know. I know. Like, and then this, this couple was then like, yep, yeah, so I'm very, very much on your team. And now I'm just walking around Scotland Yard um, cracking necks of Albion guys that have taken over the place. <laughs> very fun. 
If I, I can recommend um, hiring a Albion contractor, I, I tried they can to walk in one. anywhere with their with the uniform. I, I tried to recruit one guy um, who was an Albion contractor, um, but his mini mission was like in this zone that was like super red, and I ended up walking in there and ended up dying. So, and I'd, I'd left permadeath on, so I lost an agent. <laughs> in, in, <laughs> I might just turn that off. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, maybe we should do a Watchdogs spoiler oh, cast. Should, so one more point to put in, if I can. <laughs> Go for it. I just like the combat. I really like the combat. The hand-to-hand combat is really good. Yeah, really I good. I don't really well. Really good. I love that I can jump in a car and my mission is Is that the bit that you played in the uh, tutorial, Paul? Yeah, shut up. <laughs> the bit in the 2,000 metres away, stick on auto drive, just let it go. I'm going to yeah, get a coffee, good, yeah, kick right. back, just wait until it's done. It's great. Anyway. Yeah, what's those Legion special coming soon? <laughs> I think you're pretty much selling it. It does sound good. It's a lot I, uh, of fun. I think I just I'll wait for it to go to sale or something. I'm just then I'll pick it up. Yeah, fair enough. But it'll be cool. Yeah, I'd, I'd be tempted to jump into the next gen version because that's that's what I'm kind of getting at. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's there's this technical going to give it a month, and there's there's plenty of loading screens which obviously won't be there. For oh yeah, time. yeah. There's lots of loading yeah. screens. Oh, no, yeah. I couldn't believe I couldn't believe what I've seen. What's this? <laughs> yeah, um, but then yeah, obviously PS4. When I've got my PS5, it will go on the first set of games I get, probably. For sure. For sure. Yeah, I mean, there, there's so much to talk about, so yeah, maybe we should just do a whole special on it. But uh, yeah, anyway, right, it is time for it's time for the quiz. It's time you for the... want a quiz? When I say that, yeah, let's just do a quiz, shall we? Let's do a quiz. Let's do a quiz. Okay. Yeah. This quiz is all about games that were released last year, so 2019. Now, this might sound easy. It's not. <laughs> oh, 20, 2019, what a happy place that was. Yeah. Just think about all the great games that came out last year and that, that we could actually go to game events and stuff. Anyway, uh, let's, nice. let's, cast, <laughs> let's cast our mind back to that, that happy time with this quiz. So, question one. Which 2019 game featured characters called... Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on. No, no, you didn't no. say, are you ready yet? I'm We're not ready yet, man. I don't care. <laughs> Look, we spent half an hour talking about Watch Dogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can we just get on with the quiz now? <laughs> Question one. Which 2019 game featured characters called Moe's, Zane, Amara, and Flack? So question one. Which 2019 game featured characters called Moe's, Zane, Amara and Flack. Okay, question two. Which game earned the highest revenue in 2019? Is it... I was waiting for that multiple choice then. I don't fucking know. (laughs) No. Question two. Which game earned the highest revenue in 2019? And I'll give you a hint. It did not release in 2019. It's probably something that one of us plays a lot of. That's a safe bet. That's what I'm going for. (laughs) Question three. Cal Kestis is the lead character of which 2019 video game? Cal Kestis. Oh, fuck. Oh, yeah. Keep whispering, Calcastus to yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Calcastus. Calcastus. Oh yeah, I know which one it is. No, we're not, not going to be friends if you start being a dick on everything I say on this fucking podcast. I haven't. That was the first one. 
Yeah, of <laughs> yeah, of ten. <laughs> uh, question three: Calcastis is the lead character of which 2019 video game? Okay, question four: Which 2019 Ubisoft game was set in the fictional area of Hope County, Montana? Montana. Um, so I just reminds me of the South. Just reminds me of the South Park movie. Now say Montana. Montana. I'll <laughs> <laughs> say big fluffy donkey dick. I enjoyed that game. Craig's superpower is to derail a quiz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks I derail things. No, no, no it just gives me, gives me time to uh, type into Google like Ross and Paula do. <laughs> okay, question four. Which 2019 Ubisoft game was set in the fictional area of Hope County, Montana? I planned on that game. Did you? I fucking Google it. Jesus Christ. Did what you game? know? That's still one of my favourite Far Cry games, thank you very much. <laughs> 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 oh, dear. You're out of practice after five weeks yeah, off we there, Paul. We've got to keep it quiet. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry. Well, you come up to Googling. Yeah. <laughs> Evidence right there. Okay. Question five. In which 2019 game do you complete the tasks, get the groundskeeper wet, and make the old man fall on his bum? Yeah, I know that. Smashing it. Question five. In which 2019 game do you complete complete the tasks, get the groundkeepers wet, and make the old man fall on his bum? It's one of my favourite Far Cry games, this. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, question six. Name any of the three players that starred on the box art versions of FIFA 20. There are three players on three different versions. Question six. Name any of the three players that starred on the box art versions of FIFA 20. For me, that's... Can you name a footballer who might have played something in the last yeah. year or two? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> I'm, I'm going for a name that might have won a sports personality at one point. <laughs> Is it Marcus Rashford? Because he's been on the news. <laughs> I've got no fucking idea. <laughs> Uh, do you know what? Just just have a punt. <laughs> oh, well, I'm like, going for someone more famous than Marcus Rashford, but okay. it's just the only other footballer I can think of right now. Fair enough. Okay. Question seven. Xbox acquired which 19-year-old studio in 2019? Is somebody playing Hades? I can hear like the tiniest ah, sort of noise. Yeah. Oh, sorry. No, I got Rainbow Six on the TV. Um, hang on. How's that? Is that gone? Yeah, it's gone. All right, sorry, my bad. <laughs> Question seven. Xbox acquired which 19-year-old studio in 2019? Oh, I should know this one, but I can't remember. Okay, question eight. Reggie fees was replaced... Nailed it. <laughs> Do you know what? I've been practicing that all day and all. No, you didn't. Nailed it. <laughs> Um, was replaced as president and CEO of Nintendo of America by whom in April 2019? The man with the best name ever. The best name ever. It was his destiny. It was his complete destiny. 
<laughs> Question eight. Reggie was replaced as president and CEO of Nintendo America by whom in April 2019? Okay, question nine. Which 2019 game begins as an army of freelancers attempt to enter the heart of rage and deactivate the cenotaph? Oh, that game. Yes, that game. Half expecting one of you to start having PTSD any moment now. I love that game. The... <laughs> <laughs> okay, question nine. Which 2019 game begins as an army of freelancers attempt to enter the heart of rage and deactivate the cenotaph? Is that 2019? Yup. God, feels decades ago now. What? Yeah. Uh, question one. 10. <laughs> Question 10. In which 2019 game do you play as Walker, the last ranger of Vineland? Vineland? Oh, fuck yes. Question 10. In which 2019 game do you play as Walker, the last ranger of Vineland? I think I can think of a rangers is one punt, but we'll give it a go. Hmm. I'm feeling good about this. Good, good. I hope yeah. you enjoyed the quiz. Quite. Very much so. Thank you very much, Sean. Right. Up next is Both Barrels. This is where I go through all the week's news, and then we finish it off talking about a major topic. So, kick back. Relax. I'm going to go through all the biggest news of the week very, very quickly. And the biggest story of the week. The PlayStation 5 version of Snacks will be free for PS Plus subscribers next month but only the PS5 version. Bugsnats, a cute nightmarish mashup of monsters and food, is also launching on PS4. Neither of those options will be available to you as a Plus subscriber, even though you pay the same amount. So buy a PS5 if you want to play Bugsnats for free. On the upside, the offer will last a little while. You'll have from the day the PS5 launches in your particular region until the 1st of April to claim your Bugsnats PS5 copy, which means anyone getting a console at Christmas won't be left out. What a result. No Man's Sky is getting in on next-gen action too, as developer Hello Games will be bringing its irrepressible exploratory space sim to PS5 and Xbox Series X slash S, compete with a impactful graphical upgrade in a free launch day upgrade for all existing players. Hello Games, matter-of-factly titled Next Generation Update, promises a range of No Man's Sky enhancements, but top of the list is what the studio was calling Fuller Worlds. Expect lusher, richer, and more densely populated universes alongside increased planetary detail with thousands more rocks, alien grasses, and exotic flora on screen at any time. That's what No Man's Sky needs, is more rocks. Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War takes up 250 gigabyte of drive space on PC at launch, Activision have confirmed. That's if you want to run the full game installed running on, on Ultra RTX specification. This means running the game at high FPS in 4K resolution with ray tracing. Run the game at any specification lower than that, and you're looking at 175 gigabytes of drive space. However, you can just have the multiplayer only installed. If you do this, you'll need only 50 gigabytes of space. Then you'll have to immediate access to campaign or zombies. And finally, Haven, the romantic space adventure from the Game Bakers, the studio behind gloriously psychedelic arcade Blossom Extravaganza Fury, finally has a release date. And we're making its way to PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and S, and PC via Steam and GOG on the 3rd of December. Described as a game about everyday love, rebelling against the rules, and also food, Haven cast players as lovers you and K as they attempt to survive on an eerie, unstable planet. That, my friends, 
was both barrels. Oof. Blimey, I cannot wait for Haven. Toby's very excited for Haven too. Yeah, I can't wait for that. It's going to be great. Not far away now. And the music will be amazing. Are you going to hold off on the PlayStation to get it on PS5? or? It depends wait? on how easily I can source a PlayStation 5 That's true, um, yeah, that's at true. the end of November. <laughs> yeah. They, um... I might wait. Who knows? But I'll get the album from Danger. That's the thing I actually want even more. <laughs> sure, yeah. Yeah, the PS4 version doesn't come out until next year, as a heads up. Haven comes to PS5 next month. Very exciting. Right, let's get into the big topic of the week. And uh, here we go again. Cyberpunk 2077 has been delayed. Now, you think, hang on a minute, the game has been delayed. It's gone gold. And yes, it has gone gold. But apparently, it's not ready just yet. I'm going to read from Cyberpunk's statement, or CD Projekt Red's statement, I should say. Uh, quote, today we've decided to move the release date of Cyberpunk 2077 by 21 days. The new release date is December the 10th. The biggest challenge for us right now is shipping the game on current gen, next gen, and PC at the same time, which requires us to prepare and test nine versions of it on Xbox One, Xbox One X, compatibility on Series S and X, PS4 and PS4 Pro, compatibility on PS5, PC, and Stadia, while working from home. Since Cyberpunk 27 evolved towards almost being a next-gen title somewhere along the way, we need to make sure everything works well and every version runs smoothly. We're aware it might seem unrealistic when someone says that 21 days can make any difference in such a massive and complex game, but they really do. Some of you may also be wondering what this weirds mean in light of us saying we achieved Gold Master some time ago. Passing certification, or growing gold, means that the game is ready, can be completed, and has all the content in it, but it doesn't mean we stop working on it and raising the quality bar. On the contrary, this is the time when many improvements are being made, which will then be distributed via a day zero patch. This is the time period we undercalculated. We feel we have an amazing game in our hands and are willing to make every decision, even the hardest ones, if it ultimately leads to you getting a video game you'll fall in love with. So there we are. I'm going to shoot this one over to Mr. Greg Hicks. How yeah, do you feel yeah. about them going gold and then putting the release date? How do you feel about this essentially just in general, I guess? I'm, I'm not as upset as many people are. I mean, I'm annoyed, but. I think we put too much of a pressure on CD Projekt Red after how good The Witcher 3 was and the 16 free bits of DLC that they gave us that you do realize if anything come if this game comes out sorry when this game comes out and if there's anything wrong with it they're going to get absolutely fucking crucified because we kind of built the rod for their backs to deliver this amazing game and they're worried about getting it wrong and if it takes 21 more days after 7 years of waiting then I'm not going to start sending them death threats. Am I annoyed? Yeah. Have I got two days off when it comes out in December? Yes, luckily. Not planned, but that's just good timing. If it doesn't come out then, then I'll be a little bit more annoyed. But I'm not going to storm the ramparts, get on my laptop and be like, fuck CD Projekt Red, they've lied to me. If it starts doing like a Duke Nukem forever and takes 13 years, then yeah, all right, fair enough. But I don't know. I'm not as mad as I should be, or even, sorry, as as people think everyone should be. You know, it sucks, but it's not worth losing sleep over. It's, they're just trying to make a game better polished. They don't want it to be torn to shreds when it comes out. Yeah. It's not the end of the world. Indeed. Uh, Toby, there's a lot of discussion whether or not the reason why Cyberpunk is taking so long is because of the base PS4 and OG Xbox One versions. Is there an argument to be made that maybe this should have been a full next-gen game or 
do you think that they'd be dumb not to still put it on current gen systems? And what's um, your take on I, it overall? Yeah, I think um, in answer to that specific question, I think, yeah, they, they would be dumb not to put it on every system they can. Um, and I do understand why they need a bit of time just to polish that up because, you know, every different system is a bit different in terms of testing and making things run nice and smoothly. You know, we, we, we see that when we have games released on multiple platforms and then for some reason on one platform, it's a janky mess and on another platforms, it's beautiful. So I don't want there to be like, you know, one version of this that's absolutely terrible and really ruins it. Um, so I think we should totally give them their 21 days. I mean, if they did a Deus Ex, because I remember a Deus Ex review, uh, rev, uh, delay rather, that um, was like six months or eight months or something. And that was like, you know, that's a big delay. That's one way you can get annoyed. But 21 days, and even if they want to add on another 21 days afterwards, I'm not going to really bother that much. It's just little delays. And that's fine because they, they're sort of doing a thing where they're not trying to, you know, that they're not forcing their staff to do masses and masses of crunch. They're saying, well, actually, let's give them extra 21 days so we don't have to do quite so much crunch or make it quite so bad. So that kind of thing is making me think CD Projekt Red's more of an employee friendly sort of thing than, than sometimes journalists will have you believe. Um, especially in the recent month or two. So for that reason, I'm thinking it's actually quite a good thing. Um, I totally agree with Greg that, you know, we should be annoyed because, you know, people have taken time off and all that kind of stuff, but I'm not. And um, if it has any bugs in it, it will get crucified. I totally agree with that as well. Um, I suppose two other points that just that occurred to me over the, um, today while I was thinking about this. So there are some news reports that um, their, uh, their company market price um, or, you know, their market um, share has taken a tumble over the last sort of week or two. So they've lost about 25% of their um, sort of market capped price on the stock market, which is something like £7 billion down to about £5 billion, um, which is the lowest since April this year. So it is clearly hurting them to do this delay. So they must have good reason for it. It's hurting their bottom line as a company. Part of me thinks as well, if and, and again, take this with a pinch of salt because I'm not a savvy investor, but surely if it's tanked you know, really badly, now's the time to buy CD Projekt Red stock. Um, so I was uh, considering today, do I, do I know how to buy CD Projekt Red stock? I should, I should maybe try and see if I can do this, if, if they bounce back in the next three weeks and release this amazing game in December and uh, their stock price um, soars. So, and the other part that occurs to me is that it's actually having quite a, because it's the biggest game you know, it's it's the biggest game released this year, and this year had The Last of Us in it. So, it's the biggest game of like the last five years or so, really. If you if you if you look at it, and it's mainly because of exactly what Greg just said, which is that people have been building up in their minds because of The Witcher Three being so good. Um, we've we've set them up, and but they've spent you know all this extra time trying to make it literally the best game of the generation, um, and that has meant that every other game is scared of it. Right, and so they're all moving their their um, release dates as well. So mm. there's at least um, Everspace Two and Path of Exile that have both gone. Let's just get out of the way, right? Because they have they think they have significant player overlap, is what they've called it. Personally, I think every game has player overlap with Cyberpunk 2077 because we're all going to be playing it, guys. Every everyone, if you missed it. If you if you in in three or four years time and someone says to you I didn't play Cyberpunk twenty seven seven you're going to go what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> to this person um, so it's one of those kind of games where you will have to have played it um, and um, yeah to, for games to get out of the way I totally get it and I think it's just exacerbating because it's the biggest game of like the decade it's exacerbating the the release um, delaying that's happening this mo- this this month and and last month 
um, because every year we see in October and November, we see all these release dates getting pushed because they're like, yeah, we left it as 2019, but it's going to be 2020 or we left it as 2020. It's going to be 2021, but it's, it's happening all over the place. So we've, we've obviously had Halo Infinite as a big one. Kenner, Bridge of Spirits, um, that Square Enix Outriders thing has been delayed. Uh, Destruction All-Stars is now on PS Plus for PS5 owner, owners, so that's been delayed. Um, and two that I was really interested in, so Space Based, Startopia, and Chris Tales have both been delayed as, as well. And we've got um, games that still think they're coming out before the end of the year, but I'm like, nope, they're not coming out before the end of the year. Like Biomutant, that still says 2020, uh, 2020 release date. No way is that coming out this year. Then no one is going to suddenly announce their game now. Um, apart from, it seems, Haven, which you just mentioned, who seems to think that December the 3rd is fine. <laughs> I just, like, what are you doing, guys? <laughs> You've just gone up against um, Cyberpunk. But hopefully, though, you know, people can play it for a week before Cyberpunk comes out. Mm. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of my thinking. I'm just, there's lots of parts to this, and it sort of has this knock-on effect on, on the whole industry um, yeah. through, through whether you're market trading or whether you're just looking for other games to come out at the same time. Here's our consumer advice, ladies and gentlemen. Buy stock in CD Projekt Red. <laughs> yeah, I don't take that as advice because um, <laughs> I don't know if that will be a good idea. <laughs> but it just occurs to me that maybe it is. Yeah, no, it's, it's a very good point. It's such a weird time for other developers. They just go, oh, shit. Quickly, get the yeah. game out of the way. God, Jesus. The Haven's like, yeah, fuck it, bring it on. Very specifically, Everspace 2 and Path of Exile have literally said, we're moving out of the way of that game. Yeah. I, I think that's... Really interesting, personally. Yeah, I like that. I like that they they were just very open about it. Like, yep, yeah, we're yeah. not we're not standing in the way of that tornado. Let's just move. Um, Sean, what's your take on this? Oh, I don't care. I don't, <laughs> to put it bluntly, I, I I don't care if they delay it. Um, the the one thing I do care about is the developers at this point because uh, the the crunch seems a lot worse than what was originally led on. And um, yeah, I feel for those developers that are now doing 21 more days of 17 hour days. That doesn't sound very healthy. Mm. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a shame because I'd want to play the game, but I genuinely would prefer them put it another four or five months out of the way if they could just reduce those, those staff's hours down because Jesus, it's not worth it. And it is, you know, at the end of the day, the, their goal is noble. They're, they said that they want to have a 90 plus Metacritic score on every platform. And it's, it's an admirable goal, but let's be honest, you know, it only takes three or four shitty people to tank your Metacritic score. So, you know, and slants are probably going to be there going, it's a three out of 10. It's not Cyberpunk. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, it's, I, I don't care. Like, I, I just wish they would, um, be better at this point if i'm honest yeah it's 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 getting beyond a joke that you know two days ago the the leader of CD project red was saying the crunch isn't that bad and then the next morning he's sending an email to every employee to say um i'm sorry for my comments i didn't know how harmful they would be to you as staff i can only apologize it was totally wrong of me to say the crunch isn't that bad etc etc I know it's not, it's not good enough. Um, and I, I'd prefer not to play the game for another couple of months and, and know that I could enjoy it without feeling like a shit, shitty person. But um, yeah, that's where I'm at. <laughs> All right. 
a different take there from Sean Davies. Sorry. Um, save the no, it's fine. Save the devs. Bless him. Uh, Paul. Cyberpunk uh, 27. How are you feeling about it? You don't really talk about Cyberpunk on that much. Are you, are you buzzing for it or not? Um, well, I was. I was buzzing for it. Um, I'm, I'm, not, I'm kind of sure I'm not fussed if it gets delayed. I mean, I... I was, um, I mean, all these games coming out now, like Watch Dogs, I, I just dived in because, you know, it's Watch Dogs, but uh, Cyberpunk 377, we had this discussion a few while back on the podcast where I was like, why, why, why buy the, lead, the inferior version for the PS4, if you say? So, like, I'm, I was always going to wait for the PS5 version anyway. Um, so, the delay doesn't bother me, but what does get on my nerves is, like, the kind of rage people have towards companies because they've got to delay things i just understand it it's just like it's ridiculous so um these these gamers who are like sending death threats and just being absolute retards they can go fuck themselves really and you know um it doesn't help anything it's not gonna make the game come any quicker it doesn't help all the kind of stress the uh the developers on whatever so just like you know pipe down shut up and just wait a couple of days you know what i'm saying that's it really yeah yeah that's fair i mean i'm in no rush to play it I'm not foaming at the mouth to get this game immediately into my hands. What this has done, if anything, has confirmed to me that I'm going to get the next-gen version. Yeah, um, by the time it comes out, the PS5 would have been out for what, a month or so. So, yeah, I'm going to go straight to that one, for sure. Yeah. But it yeah, I mean... no point yeah. getting on the PS4 now, is there, really? It's, it's, not really, I mean, unless you like don't earlier, have a PS5. I, I know there's a, a, a massive... Uh, PS4 user base and etc. But we discussed this as well previously as well. I mean, I think there's, there's probably no need for a PS4 version. Do you know what I mean? I just like at one point, at some point, these. I don't know, you can't you can't write out an entire generation because I'm getting mine on the PS4. Yeah, I mean, there's there's 110 million PS4s in the world, and oh, yeah, I know, CDPR I know. I mean, are not dumb enough to not allow yeah, the audience that. on their game. I do get that, but at the same time, is at some point. When developers are going to say, Joe, what we've got to develop for the PS5 and Xbox Series X now? Yeah, you know, there will be. Long... There will be a time where. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I'm, just, I'm just thinking, you know, like this game can be so big. I mean, they, maybe they're trying to buy up more they can chew and get a, a nine rating on every system or whatever. Um, but there's it comes a point, you know, a game like this, it's getting delayed, it's struggling. There's no need for a PS4 version. I mean, why not just like just chill out, put on PS5, make it the best version you could possibly make, and then, and, and then go forward from there, do you know what I mean? And then maybe, I don't know, when, when the, the main ones, like, maybe like, downgrade it to PS4. So I don't know. I don't know how it works, but I just think, you know, I know there's a massive mm. user base and everything, but I'm just saying, you know... You know I think if you're going to release it now, you have to release it on all those consoles. If you're going to release it and have five months delay, then you could do more what you're saying, where you could just do it on PS5 only. But with the bottleneck of people not being able to get a PS5... At, you know, before Christmas, there'll, there'll be a massive bottleneck. I'm not even sure I'll be able to get one. You know, Greg might be in the same um, you know spot as myself. So there's there's that issue as well. So lots of people are still going to have to pay it on on those hundred hundred odd million um, PS4s um, if they release it now, and everyone's going to want to play it immediately. So that's where that comes in. I think I agree with you. If they were to delay it six months, then we could say, yeah, this could be the first completely you know next gen only um, CD Projekt Red game. For example, yeah, I, mean, it I just, agree. It just, it just, just, um, it just there's too many to make... people in the world that have current gen consoles and were told eight years ago that this game would come on this console. Yeah, so it's uh, they've you know it's maybe they maybe they were 
uh, sorry, maybe they shouldn't have done that. Maybe they should have said, right, this game is not this gen. It'll be next gen in 2012. But uh, they didn't. And so they have to get the game on OG PS4s and OG Xbox Ones because they said they would. And that's, that's kind of the end of that, really. Uh, sorry, Greg. Yeah, I was going to say, that would stoke my fury after eight years. <laughs> I've pre-ordered the PS4 version. And then they go, we're just going to scrap this version. Mm. That would get my gander up. Yeah, yeah, but they would have had to buy another it. console. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but they would have had to do that years ago. They can't get away with that now. No, no, they can't do it but... twenty-one days away from. No, well, yeah, it'd just be no. But it's not twenty-one days now. It's twenty-one days after nineteen. So, uh, math. December 38, 39 more days. You know, prior to its release. Yeah. Yeah, it's a very strange thing. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I was watching Digital Foundry's video on Legion and the Xbox one ps4 versions are just poor you know these things are built for next gen and but there's a there's still an absolutely massive player base on current gen and so they have to be on those systems too yeah but at the same time we, we are paying for inferior products that don't you know uh, uh, it's going to a point and maybe side of tangent where i'm getting annoyed where you, you're given a game and it's below par it's either bugged out glitched or it's not that good or it's not a point whatever it is it's just it's perfect. There's no other industry where you get something you buy on a day that's inferior and have to wait for an update. It's just, it's just ridiculous. And I just what, think, what do you mean yeah. that in relation to the Cyberpunk coming out on the PS4 like that? Or, well, yeah, I mean, like, so well, you that's, might that's, paying... why that's why they're delaying it though, because it's going to yeah, be, I know, I know, it's going to be the best I'm version. Saying, of what the I'm PS4. saying is, you can pay fifty pound for a PS4 one that might be inferior, or pay fifty pound for like the PS5 one, which would be the ultimate version. Yeah, but so it won't be. It won't be inferior. Though, will it? Get inferior version, sure. Well, they're not though. They're going to get, get the the game as it was designed seven yeah, eight years ago. But it just means they, you know PS5 would be the better version. Yeah, but it doesn't mean the PS4 version is going to be worse though, because the PS4, like on, especially on a pro running, still looks amazing now. It's not going to be like an inferior product. I know what you're saying, but it's not like the PS5 is going to be the best one and the PS4 is going to be the inferior one. It means the PS4 is going to be the standard, which is still going to be an amazing looking game, and then PS5 is going to be like the better version for those that have the option to play it like that. It yeah, seems a bit shiny version. version. But then, yeah. you know, but you're, you're suggesting that they shouldn't do it on the PS4 and shoot 110 million, like shoot, you know, shoot down 110 million players. Yeah, if this game's as big and as good as they say it is, I mean, they, they will get their user base back. You know, they will get, I don't that's know, like, I, I like don't know how it works, but it's that's just like no saying, That's like saying 110 million people have to buy a PS5 then or an Xbox One Series X to play Cyberpunk and not 110 million people aren't going to do that. Yeah, go, not not for another seven or eight years. Exactly. I'm, sure, I'm sure Rockstar have done it somewhere down the line. I mean, the thing is, you know, I don't know how it works. I'm not that I don't have the the knowledge of how things work. But to me, I, I simpleton, the the, the the average gamer, um, you know, why am I going to spend fifty pound on the PS4 version? I was reluctant to buy Watch Dogs um, until Ross said you get a free upgrade to the PS5 version. So I'm like, fine, cool, I can do that. Um, yeah, but that's because you've got a PS5 pre-order, though. I oh, know you haven't, have you? But you're no, going to get a PS5. No, but you're going to get one straight away. I'll I can't. Get it. I'll get it when I get it. You know yeah, but I, mean? I can't afford a PS5 straight away. Yeah, I'm not going to get one. <laughs> that's yeah, why I'm, I'm not one pre-order. Yeah, so that's why I'm going to get Cyberpunk now because then I'll have the means to play it for forty-five quid, not hanging on yeah, four hundred and fifty no, quid then, seven right, months. Yeah, down obviously, we're, obviously, we're different. I'm not like major excited for it, so I don't mind waiting to get it when I get my PS5. That's as simple as that. But like. You know, I've, you know, I've got a PS4 Pro, great. I've got the TV that does all the bells and whistles. I just and think shit. you're you're sending out the wrong message by saying it's going to be the inferior version, though, because it's not. It's, it's not going to be as good as the PS5 one, now, is it? What 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 about the so, PS5 so, so, one? What, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. What about the PS5 version is going to be better than the PS4 version? 
Well, yeah, it has to be, surely. Yeah, what Otherwise, there's no point about, about the PS5 version. Let's, oh, don't, don't, don't buy the PS5 version then. Go and buy yourself a, a new PC with an 8K monitor because that's the only version which will be the best version. <laughs> the PS5 version won't even have a, a scratch on that. It, yeah, what, what are you saying? What, what about it, it, it is going to be better than the PS4 version. No loading times and it will look slightly shinier. Ray tracing. Ray tracing. All right. <laughs> now, what I'm saying is, listen, like, so Watch Dogs Legion, right? We've all just discussed it at the front. It's got a billion loading screens. It's a bit janky. Don't look that great in places. And it's just not very polished. So, you know, so we've paid that money. But thankfully, there's a free upgrade to the better version. So it's going to be no loading times. It'll be more polished, I guess. And it's going to look better. Yeah, so, so is Cyber- Cyberpunk's getting that as well, though, remember? You know, so why? It's like, yeah, it's fine. So I'm saying, I just, I just, it's just like delays of causing, like, CD Projekt Red, a bunch of issues. Um, it's been issues going all the way about different versions or whatever. I don't know. I'm just saying there's got to be a point where developers say, "Jump on the make a PS5 game now." Yeah, yeah, they will. I mean, they they discontinued the what I'm PS. Saying, but yeah, it, yeah, it, yeah. It but you're, seems you're... That this, this one particularly is becoming a lot more trouble than it should have been. No, no, so it's, not just, it's not just the, the PS4 bullet. version, so, though, is it? PS5, Xbox Series X, PC it's, only, it's, whatever. It's not, it's not just the PS4 version, though. It's all versions across the board. You're, trying to, you're, you're saying that it's not going to be... It's like the inferior version of it. It's not, they're having issues porting it across the nine versions they're doing. So, yeah, so why just, do nine versions? Why not just do two or three? Uh, no, for the different formats. Because... No, no, PC, <laughs> PS5 and Xbox Series X, whatever. I don't know. Because then that means that we've been waiting seven years for it, and then suddenly it's like, oh, you've now got to spend 450 quid to get it. Well, the the economics of that is insane, because let's just say Sony sell the maximum amount of PS5s that they're aiming for, which is 7 million in the next year. That means they can sell to a pool of 7 million people instead of a pool to 350 million. Yeah, 50 quid times 7 million, rather rather than 50 quid times 100 million. It's the it's economics just don't anyway. work out. We need that much money anyway. Oh my god, Paul! <laughs> that's the that's the money that will make cyberpunk. <laughs> Moving on, three thirty seventy-seven. Should we talk about VR? Yeah, why not? Yes, right, please. Okay. Now uh, this week, Sony's head man, Mr. Jim Ryan, has said he believes in the potential of virtual reality for video games, but also that the technology is to really make it meaningful is still years away. Speaking to the Washington Post. Ryan reflected on the current PSVR headset as a way Sony had gained experience in developing VR games and hardware, but also sounded like we shouldn't expect a new PSVR model anytime soon. Quote, I think we're more than a few minutes from the future of VR, Ryan said. PlayStation believes in VR, Sony believes in VR, and we definitely believe at some point in the future, VR will represent a meaningful component of interactive entertainment. Will it be this year? No. Will it be next year? No. But it will come at some stage. And we're very pleased with all the experience that we've gained with the PSVR. I look forward to seeing where it takes us in the future. Now, this is interesting because there has been discussion about the, the PSVR compatibility with the PS5 and how it's not really a thing. And how if you want to run a PSVR game on a PS5, you have to be a PS4 game. There's not going to be any PS5 games that are directly compatible with PSVR, which is a very interesting thing. And it could lead the way to a next, to a next, uh, to a next VR headset, or it could mean that they're very slowly trying to move away from it. Um, I'm going to ask you, Sean, on this one, because you're the one with the headset. Um, what's your take on this? Where do you see the future of kind of uh, VR? And do you think that Sony are trying to move away from it, or are they just slowing down their, uh, their kind of support for it? Moving on. I mean, the support for it has slowed down significantly um, already. They, the Sony London studio 
uh, was working on something VR related and now it doesn't look like it is. They had the, the Sony Manchester studio, which was VR exclusive, which was closed down without ever, ever releasing a game. And their you know, support for VR in general, uh, along with the PS5, uh, in, like, in conjunction with them, has been poor. You know, they've, they've said that the PSVR will work with the PS5, um, but it, it's like a, it's a second thought. And I get the feeling that's because they don't want VR on PlayStation 5. Because I think they've realized, much like everyone else in the VR market, if you want to sell VR, you have to do it without a PC. So you see these new PC-less headsets like the Oculus Quest, where you take it out of a box, you put it on your head, and you start playing a VR. There's no PC connected. There's, there's none of that. It's, it's all on your head. And... Um, that is the way forward for VR. There's no wires. It's all, all in one unit, and that, that's where they need to go. Not having a connection to the PS5 for a future VR console uh, is not at all a concern for me. I'm disappointed that a lot of my VR games won't carry across to the PS4 unless I get the camera adapter. Uh, but I am keeping my PS4 anyway because of this reason. So... Um, I'm disappointed that Sony are kind of tailing off for VR, but I think they realize that the way that they were banking on VR happening isn't the way that VR is going to happen. And Oculus have beaten them to the punch. That doesn't mean that they can't come in later with a new headset that, that hasn't got a connection to a console. And I think they probably will do, just, just not yet, because right now they are selling a PS5. And you don't want to be trying to cloud the... This is what they did with the Vita and the PS4 when they got two products vying for everyone's money. It's not worth doing. You kill one of them off. And they, they've done that this time. Um, they've, they've got one, one product to sell, and it makes sense. In a couple of years' time, they can revisit VR with probably a standalone headset, and they'll have a huge market of games that people will want to port to. it. So it'll, it's, it's, it's an exciting time in the future. Right now, it's just disappointing. Yeah, yeah, I kind of second that. When was the last time you played PS Vargin? Mm, a couple of months ago now, I reckon. Mm. Do you remember what it was? I I think it was probably um, Blood and... Blood and Truth. Blood and Truth, sorry, yeah. Mm. Yeah, the, the problem is it, there's so many wires. <laughs> and it's just like a, such a mall to get it all set up. And... Yeah. I find it too too immersive. You know, the only time I ever get to really play games is when my kids are asleep, and my kids are notoriously bad at sleeping. So, the the amount of times I've been sat here playing in you know in a VR game, swinging my PlayStation Move controllers around, oh, did you get a tap on the shoulder and Daddy, Daddy, you can have a drink? <laughs> like, oh God, like I'm mm. almost knocking my kid out with the PlayStation VR controllers. It's, it's, mm. <laughs> so, do you think do you think that there's there's any killer apps yet for VR across the whole spectrum? Anything that makes you go, yes, I need VR. I, I, there, there isn't a single one, but no. there, there are, there are like, there are straws that will eventually break the camel's back. You know, look at Beat Saber and Super Hot. Mm-hmm. There are, there are brilliant games which, if you take away the wires, are excellent games. Mm. Just currently, every VR solution apart from the wired, the wireless headsets, are too, yeah. too, too restrained. I mean, the four I thought of were Beat Saber, Super Hot, and Pistol Whip is apparently gaining a lot of traction right now. Yeah. Um, which looks wild. And Half-Life Alex, 
but that's locked on a Steam VR, isn't it? Yeah, the index. Yeah. The, the the price the price to get Half Life Alex is is it looks with all intents and purposes like one of the best games made for, in the last decade. You know the, the details that have gone into that game are insane, but the price to be able to play that game is higher than probably anything you could possibly imagine. Yeah, <laughs> it's just insane. The PC you need and the headset you just it's 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 a it's nearly two grand to play one game. Yeah, and that that kind of speaks to what Jim Ryan was saying about it's not viable yet as a it's mainstream product. Um, yeah, uh, Toby, did you want to jump in? I saw you unmuted. <laughs> I was just thinking about killer apps. Um, I was going to name Half-Life Alex. That's exactly it. Okay. Um, I think the main thing that held VR back for me was that just you're waiting all this time for the killer apps to come along, for games to come along that were like, I can't live without that game. You know, like if, if Cyberpunk were a um, you know VR-only game, then Oof. I'd have to buy a VR fucking system, wouldn't I? But it's it's not like that. It's it's really only Half-Life Alex, in my opinion. And I'll, I'll take the other games you, you mentioned, but that's the only one where I'd think, yeah, I would really need a you know a VR system to play this. But mm. I'm not that obsessed with Half-Life that I'd actually pay 2,500 quid to do that. Um, and it wasn't even on PS4 anyway. So it's it's that kind of thing. I think... Um, They'll wait. They'll wait a few years. They'll have another system. They'll have another attempt at it. Probably, as Sean says, without any wires, um, and it'll be all you know. It'll stream right to your headset or something. When that still happens, when you know other companies are vying for that space over the next couple of years as well, um, you know that I think that's maybe their intention is to just leave it alone for two years and just you know make a, make some hardware, you know slightly make some games that might actually be worth having on VR where where they didn't kind of have those before. Yeah, I think a Cyberpunk VR experience might be a seller, <laughs> to be honest. Indeed. And as we discussed last week, uh, Alien Isolation, if they'd ever yes. released that in VR, I would have bought one. That would have <laughs> been a system seller for me. Yeah, personally. for sure. Yeah. Uh, Paul, you had PSVR for a while, and then you, uh, you jumped it. Was it, if Sony were to come back with a kind of a wireless PSVR 2, is there... Is that what the issue was? Was it the, the cable situation or was it that it was kind of sitting there not doing anything? Or is there, do you see a future for you in VR for PlayStation, for example? Oh, okay. So this is, this is interesting because um, I love the VR. I loved um, all the experience I've had on it. Um, and I'll keep banging on the back Resident Evil 7 in VR being the, like, the scariest game. Uh, going. And it really was such an experience. I mean, you know, you've got Half-Life Alex, you probably had all this budget. And you need this two grand rig, but you play Resident Evil Seven in, in VR, and you just you're right there. And it's it, it 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 for me that game was the first game I played, and it actually uh, sort of blurred the dimensions, if you like, from sitting playing the controls to actually being in the game. It it was that kind of um, it probably sounds ridiculous because you know that's what VR does, but it's one the only game where I actually felt I was actually in the game, and it kind of blew my mind. I couldn't complete it because it was too scary, but. Uh, that blew my mind, super hot blew my mind, uh, getting into the X-Wing for the first time on the uh, um, Battlefront uh, VR experience, that blew my mind. Um, and yes, it, it was literally the cables um, that done it. And it's not so much the cables because when you're playing, they don't, get, don't get me wrong, they do get in the way, but it's the fact my OCD didn't allow all these cables to be hanging around here on my TV, so I had to pack it away somewhere. And obviously once it's out of sight, it's out of mind. So I did sometimes not forget about it, but I thought I can't bother drag it all out, connect all the three different HMI ports, yada, yada. 
Um, so for me, it was literally the cables. Um, the games were there. I mean, I played some good ones. I played some really shit ones. Um, but uh, I, I think there's a future for VR. I think uh, Sony will probably come back in a few years with a new headset. Um, I was like, um, I was thinking about this the other day, and I'm thinking, you know, Nintendo Labo, they had that VR thing, didn't they? The cardboard box, you put the switch in, and it's a very limited ah, VR memories. thing. Um, and I thought, that's the way to do it. And I honestly thought, uh, when the first sort of blueprints for the PS5 came out and the rumours were circulating, I honestly thought there'd be a, a detachment bit will go into a headset to make it VR, but still be powered by the PS4 somehow. I don't know how it worked. That's what I was hoping for, because I think, I think Labo nailed it. He's got, got the thing, you put in the dock, plug your TV, take it out, put your little cardboard headset in VR. Now, that's the way to do it. Um, and I honestly thought that's what PlayStation was doing, but it doesn't seem like they are, which is a shame. But I think there's a future for it. I do mm. hope Sony bring out another headset, because the PSVR was fantastic, and it just had too many cables. Yeah. My, uh, it was a giant pain in the ass. It was, the, um, yeah. Just keeping the PSVR. I had it for a while, and... I still stand by the fact that Tumble VR was the best VR experience I've ever had in my life. Yeah. Um, it was just unreal how immersive it made you feel. And you're just putting blocks on top of each other, but you could walk around the table and you could lean into it. And for some reason that blew my mind and it was uh, you know, it was, it was crazy. And so I think I would jump into PSVR again. If, um, if they were to make it Oculus-y and make it wireless. Um, I think that's a big ask, but, We'll see. Maybe or just less cables. One would be okay. Yes, one cable would be okay. Yeah. <laughs> plug in, like a controller done. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that would be nice. Uh, Greg, have you got a take on this? Have you got a? Do you see yourself having a future in VR if like the price was a little more balanced and the experiences were there? Mm, I don't know. I mean, I mentioned about Squadrons would be the one title that make me go, "Wow, mm. this would be great to actually play in the cockpit," but. Um, no, it'd have to be like a, uh, like a almost giveaway price for me to get on board with it. I haven't got the the room in my room to really set up it. Anyway, like it would be a, a faff. Not so much the cable side of things, just the space to do so. I mean, I could sit down with a headset on and a controller, but it's hardly the immersive experience, is it? Like I could play Resident mm. Evil Seven, sat down with the headset on, but then what's the point? Um, yeah. Trust I mean, like, yeah, me, there was... you'll, you'll know the point when you play it in VR. It's unbelievable. <laughs> same, same as Alien. or not, it doesn't matter. Same as like Alien. That would add to the immersion uh, tenfold and it would be amazing. But yeah, I mean, I don't think it will uh, ever sort of really drop to an accessible price that's going to make me go, yep, I need that. Um, but then, you know, I'm not a big fan of streaming games and I played one this week. So never say never. But at the moment, nah, it's not. it's not the killer app for me. Okay. But I'm not against it. No, that's fair. It's still funny watching Sean being Iron Man at EGX. <laughs> yeah. He's there going, I'm flying. It's like, yes, because he's got his hands down his side, like, wee. <laughs> <laughs> I still want to play that game. Oh, that was funny. I remember uh, Jackie took a video of me playing the London Heist. Oh, nice. And uh, yeah, oh, you, I remember that. You just sent, I, like, with the team move controllers, and you just like a fucking idiot. But I sent um, Sean a picture of himself playing Iron Man. It's quite funny. But in you know in in the headset, I am in a getaway chase with like two yeah, guns yeah. in my hand, and it's awesome. Well, I played um but... I played Sniper Elite VR, and that was quite cool. Bringing up the move controllers, so as you bring them up, it activates the scope. It's quite cool. Okay. And it took a while to get used to. Like you've got to move your head. I'm, like I'm trying to move the controller, like the the thumbstick to 
to move my aim. And the guy's like, no, move your head. Like, oh yeah. I'm in a VR headset. <laughs> so it's cool. Like the emotions there, but yeah, it's, it's, it's not like, I don't want to shit on people that really enjoy it. It's just not for me. The most fun thing is watching people try VR in like department stores. Yes. When you, when you go into like Harrods or something and watch the people in the, in the department, they're just trying them out. It's so funny. So funny. I should Love ask, it. um, Sam from uh, Radio G because he's a very massive component of VR and a proponent of VR, I should say. And uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to get his take because he kind of, he's, he's on Twitter, like shooting down anyone that says VR is not the future. And he has like backups and spreadsheets to prove it. That's quite entertaining. Oh dear. Yeah. I'll tell you why. But yeah, Radio G was my first ever VR experience at EGX and it was awesome. Okay. So I was like, yeah, this is the best game ever. And I asked him, we broke embargo that day. That was quite fun. Nice. He's like, is it coming to PlayStation VR? He was like, I'm not allowed to say it, but yes. And then we reported it. And he was like, dude, you weren't supposed to do that. <laughs> what part of, I'm not meant to tell you this. Yeah. Oh, I, I just got excited. I can't help it. Uh, back, back in the day when it was Project Morpheus. Uh, right then, let's finish off with Assassin's Creed is coming to Netflix. After the, the super successful movie. Mm. Mm, who's seen the Assassin's Creed movie here? Me. Did you enjoy it? I see it. it. <laughs> I thought it was fun. I saw enough. It, it wasn't as good as Street Fighter. <laughs> now, a few weeks ago on the podcast, uh, Sean said that he'd like to see an Assassin's Creed TV series. And lo and behold, Netflix must have listened to our podcast and gone, you know what, that's a really good idea. So they got the rights, and now they're making a series. Now, uh, I will throw this over to Sean again, because I know he is like the uber Assassin's Creed fan on the podcast. What do you want to see? Do you want to see a telling with... Ezio, Altair, Edward Conway, or do you want to see a brand new character? Do you want to see a whole new series? I'd, I'd very much like to see a brand new set of series and characters. Okay. I, I think it's very easy, like it, like it was in the movie where they had a couple of characters kind of crossover between the games and the movie. So obviously the movie was set in, um, in Spain, but the, some of the, char- some of the, the characters that he met in present day were from some of the other games. So there was uh, a character from Assassin's Creed Liberation um, in the the prison with with him. So it's it's capable. It's, it's I think it's possible to do it. Um, all new characters, and I hope they do that because it would be a shame to just retread the things that we've already seen. Because there's no, like we said on that podcast, there's no way that you can create um, the same feeling you get from playing a game on a on a TV screen. So I'd very much like to see new characters. I'd like to see them try new historical time periods. I hope to Christ they still have the, um, the, the pieces of Eden because I think that makes, I know people hate them, but I also think that they are a really great MacGuffin that, that makes the whole thing come together. If you've got a, a chase for a piece of Eden in the modern day and you need to find out where it is, that's that's the reason you're going back in time. You know, that's always been the reason why they've been going back in time. It's not like a new secret. It's not like we're just you know going back in time to see what my ancestors look like. They are all centered around these pieces of Eden, and I I hope I hope they do a good job because mm. Assassin's Creed deserves. There's so much lore there that yeah. people just don't know about, and so excited. What kind of era would you want to see? Do you want to see like because they went away from the the hooded kind of like hidden blade era with origins 
do you think that they'll kind of lean back into AC2, AC Brotherhood, or kind of tell their own story in the same way that Odyssey and Valhalla seem to be doing? I'd, I'd like to see them do a mix. So I'd like to be able to, so basically, um, whether, whether they will do this or not, what, what I personally would like to see is for them to track a piece of Eden through history. Um, and I know that they've done this basically for the, you know, several of the, <laughs> several of the games put together, you could trap, track a, a piece of like an apple of Eden where it goes, but it, it's taken, you know, several thousand hours of playtime to see that through. I want to see, you know, a piece of Eden in, let's say, Mesopotamia back in the day, and um, and then see it in World War Two, being held by Adolf Hitler, and you know, the the games have already laid the groundwork for what happens during these events. Um, if you've if you've sat there and gone through all the letters and all the uh, audio logs and all the collectibles, you'll you'll know what happens here but it's it's a story that you know is still not been fleshed out until properly and i think it's just a you know it there's this possibility there to follow a piece of eden through history if they if they do one time period i want it to be world war Two, because i've always found the whole historical um bad guy um using a piece of eden to get one over everybody you know the reason let's just say the reason why adolf hitler was such a uh, enigmatic leader who could speak and everyone would listen is because he was holding a piece of sci-fi tech which made everybody listen to his words that puts a whole fucking different spin on world war ii anything then man anything just just so long as it's good (laughs) i genuinely just want something good because it deserves it fair enough fair enough uh, Toby, what's your beef with the Assassin's Creed movie? <laughs> um, just, I think it was like we said the other day that um, video game movies really don't do it for me. Um, there's very few of them that would even rise above a seven out of ten, really. Um, so, uh, part of me thinks that the, the um, what uh, Sean describes, I'd have to see a trailer of it to really sort of think, yeah, that could be good because it sounds like you know, it, it could be done as terrible sci-fi. Um, you know, like really bargain budget shit off of Sci-Fi Channel if, if you did it wrong. Um, but, you know, sometimes they do these things right. I think a little bit of what you just described, Sean, sounds like um, the uh, the Man in the High Castle um, to a large extent. That, that sort of, you know, if they had enough budget to do it like that and, you know, have a sort of nice adult storyline to it rather than a just sort of, to be honest, like chases after Pieces of Eden sounds a bit childish i i would prefer it to be more political and more um you know just have have those kind of slightly more political storylines to it um although while you were describing that i thought that what i'd really like to see was be some kind of um like a lame bbc sort of who do you think you are type st- series with z-list celebrities getting into an animus and then having like really lame interactions with their ancestors <laughs> just like just like <laughs> you know <laughs> just to, to the most boring people like paul hollywood gets into <laughs> into the animus and goes and finds <laughs> out you know all this terrible stuff that happened to, to his ancestors um and i also thought when you said hitler had the piece of eden we could do a modern day one where Trump has a piece of Eden. So, oh, Jesus um, you know, they're, oh, they're, was, they're interesting things. That was, maybe. that was, that was where I was, <laughs> <laughs> you read my mind. <laughs> so I can think no. of a terrible way to do it and a, and a fun way, but it's, um, yeah, it, it really depends on budget and writers to me. 
Yeah, I mean, I don't think Netflix tend not to phone these things in, do they? They tend to no, go. It could be. It could be all right. Um, I'm sure Ubisoft will be involved in some capacity, and they'll get a budget, and they'll get, you know, that dude from Stranger Things, Hopper, in it somewhere, because he seems to do all the all the Netflix shows now. And the trailer will be fine. All they need to do is just leap of faith, hood, imagine dragons, and Assassin's Creed. That's what the film had. I mean, yeah, and the film was awesome, Toby. <laughs> Come on. Um, anyone got any else on this, Greg? Assassin's Creed TV series? Does that excite you? I imagine it will be like most things on Netflix. I probably won't watch it until about a year or two later and go, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hell of a take. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I'll get that. I'll get around to it, and I'll probably like it. So, yeah, uh, Paul. Uh, not really. Um, I'm not the, like, the biggest fan of the games, anyway. I haven't seen a movie yet, believe it or not. Um, and I didn't like The Witch on Netflix either. So um, you know, <laughs> what? Yeah, it's but, a song and everything. Oh, well, it's just no. I, I just don't like which game either. So probably why I don't like the film. Uh, TV. Okay. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. I've been waiting to do this for a very long time. Oh, here we go. Go on. What do you mean? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you know, it's just, I, I, I don't, apart from Game of Thrones, I very rarely get into this kind of oldie worldy stuff. I'm more sort of like futuristic type stuff. So, mm. um, so what you're saying is you want to watch Dogs TV series? Yeah. Yeah, I'd watch that as well. Yeah, I'll watch that. Uh, half of it would be sci-fi and half of it would be oldie worldie if you had the animus, wouldn't it? Um, yeah. Or, you know, maybe an anthem movie. Um, oh, Jesus. Can you imagine? Yeah, I don't want to. No, okay. <laughs> okay, yeah, well, that's... I mean, there's no release date or anything yet. It's just Netflix are doing that and that is a thing that's happening at some point in the future. So, enjoy. Look forward to that. Right then. It's time for Sean's Indie Corner. Indie Corner. I just wanted to point out all of these games this week I found by going onto Twitter and, and going to the hashtag pitch your game, which is pitch YA game. This is something that's run monthly now. Uh, it's like a like an indie game thing where basically anybody who's looking for money can pitch their game to anybody who's looking at the hashtag. And some games have actually got funding through doing this. And I went through this last week, so the last one was done on the 27th of October. And I just wanted to pick out a couple of my highlights. I highly advise you go to the hashtag because there's a ton of really great games there that you will have never heard of. And every month I find new games which are just like blowing my socks off this way. So go and check out that hashtag. Um, so the first one is called Shim, which is S-C-H-I-M. Um, it's a platformer, but it takes place entirely in the shadows of the world. So basically you've got a, a 3D world and this very cool kind of pop art art style. And your character can only move through the, the shadows of the objects in this world. Um, it, it's, it's a very little literal take on you know moving through the shadows because you have to move through the shadows. The, the game has kind of puzzles where you have to form shadows. Um, so basically you can't get across this part of the game so you have to form some kind of shade for you to be able to traverse it it looks very very cool and it's being done by a very small team uh, you can catch their stuff on twitter at 
EWOUD3D. Uh, the gifts that they put up like almost weekly are stunning. It looks like a very cool game and um, it's very much one that's on my radar and I think you should check out too. Uh, the second game is called Eldritch House. You might have heard of this one um, because it's by the same people who did um, Dark Side Detective, uh, the two seasons of that. This is a supernatural first person mystery game with a comic book style. So it's basically 13 meets Agatha Christie and Hellboy. Um, it, it, there's no Steam page yet, but this game looks absolutely astonishing. It definitely has like a very, very cool art style. And it's kind of like if, um, what's his face? The, who did Edward Scissorhands? What's his name? Tim Burton. Tim Burton. If Tim Burton got into games, that's what it looks like. Um, and wait, wait, the third wait, game... Wait, wait, wait. Agatha Christie meets Hellboy. Yes. Holy shit. Seriously, Day one. Go, <laughs> go, go and, if you Google Eldridge House, you'll see some astonishing artwork from this game. It looks, it looks like a modern day 13. Um, but with horror, horror themes. And it looks very cool. Cool. Um, the third game I want to talk about is called Bloody Service. So this is a dark, gory, and violent coming-of-age slasher FMV visual novel. So as you can tell, it is laser-targeted to everything I find great about this world. Um, <laughs> Sean Davies, the game. Exactly. Um, what's even better, um, it has gruesome deaths, clever one-liners, and they are all related to tennis. <laughs> as in game sets and machete. Yes! Um it has multiple uh, endings. It looks like it's got a very cool vibe going on. I had like a uh, like a 1960s Myanmar vibe coming off a lot of the images I've seen. Uh, and that's by a developer called Case 80s. So C-A-S-E 80s on Twitter. And the last one, I'm not going to tell you about it. I just want you to go and Google it because um, I imagine Toby's going to do some kind of weird noise when I say this. Inspector Waffles. Eek! <laughs> Was that right? <laughs> yes. Just, just Google Inspector Waffles and revel in the absolute cuteness of this game. Wattles um, or waffles? Waffles. Okay. Inspector Waffles. It's uh, right up Toby Street. You can't just wait for me to Google it. I mean, I have done. <laughs> <laughs> Inspector Waffles. Okay, it looks like a pixel art uh, cat who is an old school detective. Step into the boots of whip smart Inspector Waffles. Yeah. Yes. I probably would play this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks really cool. If if you um if you want to go and check out Inspector Waffles, it's like one of these indie games that people either know about or don't. Um, like although a lot of people I speak to know about Inspector Waffles, if you don't know about Inspector Waffles, now you do. Go and add it to your wish list. I will. And that was Inspector the indie Waffles. Grant, thank you very much indeed, Sean. Right then, don't go anywhere because it's time for the quiz answers. Okay, let's do this. Uh, question one. Which 2019 game featured characters called Moe's, Zane, Amara, and Flack? Uh, Ross? Borderlands 3. Borderlands 3 is correct. Yes. Question two. Which game earned the highest revenue in 2019? Uh, Greg? I don't know. Fortnite? Fortnite is correct. Oh, all right. Yay! <laughs> Question three, Cal Kestis is the lead character of which 2019 video game, uh, Toby? Uh, Jedi Fallen Order. That's correct. not the correct title. 
I'll take Star Wars. <laughs> is Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order? He, you know, he got the subtitle right. No, I just wanted to wind him up because he was giving it when I was giving it Calcastis. <laughs> Like, if you'd have said just Star Wars, I'd have marked it down. But you got the hard part <laughs> right. So, okay, question four. Which 2019 Ubisoft game was set in the fictional area of Hope County, Montana? Paul? Far Cry New Dawn. Far Cry New Dawn is correct. Oh, Paul's. So, Far Cry, Far Cry um, the one that everyone's probably thinking about came out in 2018. Yeah. <laughs> That's clever, what I've done. I've written far, far Cry 5. Clever boy. <laughs> Doubt. <That's clever. laughs> um, question five. In which 2019 game do you complete the tasks get the groundskeeper wet and make the old man fall on his bum? Roscoe? That would be Untitled Goose Game. That is correct. Oh, of course it is. Question six. Um, name any of the three players that shared the, the start on the box art of FIFA 20. Uh, Greg? What are you asking me for? I <laughs> tell you, let's let's try um, somebody who might know. Uh, Paul, uh, I'll put down Virgil Van Dyke. Virgil Van Dyke was correct. Uh, he was on one version. Uh, Eden Hazard was on another version. There and he is. Zidane was on the third version, the ultimate oh, version. Not Messi then. Not Messi. No. Oh, Messi one was year. on the <laughs> Messi was on the cover for like for fifteen, sixteen. 17 yeah. and 18. This is it. I'm like, I'm like, Messi's <laughs> definitely on covers at some isn't, point. Isn't like, isn't Messi and Ronaldo now taking turns on Pez? Because I think more or less, yeah. <laughs> uh, fuck it. Yeah. I wasn't going to get it right. <laughs> okay. Question seven Xbox acquired which 19 year old studio in 2019? Uh, Toby. I don't know. Okay. Uh, Ross? Double Fine? Double Fine is correct. Yeah. I remember. Uh, Schaefer coming out at E3. Yeah. Yeah. Broke my goddamn heart. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Question eight. Uh, Reggie Phil's ME uh, was replaced as president and CEO of Nintendo America by whom in April 2019? Uh, Greg? Doug Bowser. Doug Bowser is correct. Such a fitting surname. Did he change he just... his name by Depot before he joined <laughs> or after he joined? <laughs> You'd have thought so, wouldn't you? Um, Question nine, which 2019 game begins as an army of freelancers attempt to enter the heart of rage and deactivate the cenotaph? Paul, what game is this? Is it Anthem? Anthem, yeah. I mean, to say that. Man, <laughs> game of the year. There you go. There's your bingo card for this, this episode. Um, <laughs> <laughs> question 10, in which 2019 game do you play as Walker, the last ranger of Vineland? Uh, Ross. This is the only one I didn't know. Okay, Greg? Um, I put Wasteland 2. No, it's not Wasteland 2. Ah, because I just say Rangers in that. Is it Rage 2? Rage 2 is correct. Oh, right, yeah. Okay. Andrew WK, man. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, carry on. That's okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, podcast wouldn't be a podcast without a Ross audio foible um, okay let's start with Ross how many did you get right nine nine out of ten yeah Fortnite was a guess but uh, yeah nine Fortnite was a guess I actually originally thought PUBG Mobile but twelve grand behind then I went with, uh, yeah I thought as a stupid of course it's Fortnite it was yeah. only twelve grand behind that's insane isn't it yeah you really then all yeah, of Fortnite oh, wow. across every system. Yeah. Wow. 
That's um, that's don't insanity. Really hear about that, do you? It's, it's so insane. Just got banned in India. Uh, I'm surprised. Um, uh, Greg, how many did you get? Uh, probably the lowest I've ever done on a quiz. I got four. Four. Yeah. Wait, there was Paul's quiz. <laughs> yeah, we all, got, we all got about one on that <laughs> <Yeah>. one. <laughs> Paul, how did you do? Uh, I got seven. Toby? Five. Wow, with an impressive nine. Roscoe takes it. Thanks, man. Thanks, man. I feel, I don't know. I was just channeling you, I think, in that one. Yeah, you asked, you asked questions about FIFA and Far Cry. So it's like, okay, I'm in this. <laughs> yeah. I tried to not ask the obvious questions about games last year. Like, I was looking at the, ga- the games list. It was like Death Stranding. Okay. Mortal Kombat. Okay. Hmm. Right. Th- these are all great questions. <laughs> yeah, great ones. Yeah. Uh, fair enough. Yeah, cool. Right. Well, thank you very much. Pleasure. And we're back once again next week with a brand new quiz. But before we go, it is time for Out This Week. Have you got releases? Okay, so November the 3rd sees uh, Jurassic Park Evolution come out on a whole bunch of systems. It doesn't actually list which systems, but uh, I think it's at least Switch because it's talking about Switch on the, on the thing I'm looking at. Um, that's where you can build your own Jurassic Park world and you can be responsible for all the dinosaurs getting out and killing people. Um, also coming out is Bakugan Champions Vestroya, um, at least on Nintendo Switch as well. Uh, Feria is a card game coming out on PS4 on November 3rd. Then on November 4th, we've got Soldier, or oh, sorry, Soldner X2 Final Prototype Definitive Edition, um, which is a sort of um, side-scroller, uh, sci-fi side-scroller coming out on uh, a number of different systems. Uh, November 4th also sees Autobahn Police Simulator 2, um, which I had a little look at and is literally, you are a policeman doing all of the most boring jobs possible um, that a policeman could ever be asked to do, like um, stopping people and putting cones out and all that kind of stuff. Um, so uh, that might be really funny. Um, November 4th also has a very strange little text adventure called Ord coming out where you actually, um, it's actually proper old school text adventure um, where you actually just type in your commands and where you want to go and things like that. And that's coming to PS4 and Xbox One. November 5th uh, sees the release of Ponpu, which I know Sean is interested in, which is sort of a Bomberman uh, style game uh, coming to PC and Switch, at least on that day. Um, I'm not sure if about any other systems at this point. Uh, November 5th also sees Grey Skies, which is a sort of 3D stealth up in the world of, in the War of the Worlds universe. Um, coming to PC. Uh, yes Tomorrow, which I'm playing for review next week, um, is coming to PC and PS4 and Xbox One uh, on November 5th, which is a little um, uh, platformer, 2D platformer. Uh, Comanche, I'm not sure if that's exactly how you pronounce that one, but Comanche is coming to Xbox One. It's a helicopter simulator. Then on November 6th, You've got Paw Patrol Mighty Pups Save Adventure Bay. Clearly, that's Paw Patrol. Um, 3D adventure for kids. Uh, Crystal Author, uh, which is a pixel art RPG coming to PC and Xbox One. And also a really interesting indie one. I don't know if you've seen this one before, Sean. Memoranda, uh, which is a sort of pixel art. 2D points and click? Yeah, 2D points and click. Um, but it's based on the novels and short stories of an author that I absolutely love called Haruki Murakami. 
um, who's a famous Japanese sort of modern author. Um, so I'd really like to get hold of that one, but um, I've no idea if we can. But uh, that's coming out on November 6th. And Dirt 5, um, which, we, uh, we, which we've got for, for review as well. So that's coming out on PC, PS4, and Xbox One on uh, November 6th. Uh, an indie game called Persephone comes out on Xbox One, which is a sort of isometric puzzler. Um, looks very cute, and that's on November 6th as well. Speed 3 Grand Prix, a racer on PS4 and Switch, and Need for Speed Hot Pursuit Remastered um, is also coming out on that day as well. And then the last couple, uh, Descenders, um, has come out on everything already, um, and that's now finally coming to uh, Switch on November 6th. Tropico 6, um, which is a sort of tycoon game, I think, if I, if I get that right. Um, and that's coming to Switch on November 6th. And then that odd text adventure is coming to Switch um, as well, which I've already mentioned on November 6th. And then the week after is just insane. Oh, yeah. We shall get into it super hard next week. Oh, yes. Yeah. Can't wait. Right then, that does bring an end to this week's Thinking Guns podcast. Thank you very much indeed for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us absolutely everywhere. Follow the link tree in the description below to find us in all the places. And you can follow us individually on Twitter, except for Toby. He's smart and not on Twitter. Find our individual uh, handles in the description below. Once again, thank you very much indeed. We shall see you next week on the eve of the next generation. How very, very exciting. But until then, it is goodbye from Mr. Greg Hicks. Goodbye all. Goodbye from Mr. Toby Anderson. Sayonara. Goodbye from Mr. Paul Collett. See you. Goodbye from Mr. Sean Davies. Goodles. And goodbye from me. I've been Roscoe. I will see you next time on the Finger Guns Podcast. Sure.